In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Shit Show. Welcome back for another episode of your weekly fix of when historical facts, events and things go horribly wrong. Joined by my co-host Rig. Wow, it's the morning and I am fresh. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? You... You literally just flew by the seat of your pants, but you actually did that really well. A completely new intro <laughs> that you <laughs> had not practiced at all. That's because... I'm not even being facetious. People might think because of my tone that I'm just being like, ooh, you haven't practiced it because you like obviously practice it. You, just, you did it really well. No, I, I know you. Your supportive tone and your sarcastic tone are completely the same. It's causing me just a boatload of problems. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, mate. Much better than you. You're running on pure caffeine and, of course, taurine, thanks oh, to wow. Red Bull. <laughs> or, is it taurine? Tirana? I, I think it is. Tirana's t- the car. So. <laughs> I am not running on the power of a shit Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I am uh, I'm struggling a little bit. It's now, what, Wednesday, and I am not recovered from Saturday night. Yeah. Look, I... I actually feel great and morally superior that it was, for once, not my fault <laughs> in terms of the scheduling of recording the podcast. Yeah. Well, I mean, you only you only have a couple of bucks uh, across your adult life. You'll have you'll have maybe a dozen, and as you get later in your thirties, they're fewer and fewer. It's hen- hen's teeth of drinking. Yeah. So was at uh, one of my very close mates, uh, good friend of the show, Rags as bucks. Yep. Who will also be your brother-in-law. Absolutely. In a, in a week's time, yep. uh, we, we will be uh, brothers by marriage, which is the best yeah. after introducing him to my sister-in-law at the Sydney University Ladies' Day, which is the only success story to ever come out of that event. Oh, actually, second, Andrew Holmes uh, met his wife. Big shout-out to Dino and Angie. I think that's the only two. Well, there is a third. It's when I went to Ladies' Day and then went to the pub afterwards and a woman was like, are you Rig from Gus and Rig? Because you and I had commentated that day and I had sex with that woman. Hey! <laughs> Three success stories. That's Couldn't tell you her name, but success nonetheless. That is the most profitable part of our podcast ever. <laughs> we are in deficit, <laughs> heavily. But anyway, so we basically had... Uh, it was it was a full, full day of activities, the highlights of which were... Uh, if you've never played bubble soccer, and we're talking about this off air... Yeah. So you basically get in an inflatable costume that goes from your neck down to your uh, hips. Yeah. Maybe a, maybe a little bit lower, actually, but you can still run. I was about to say, does it protect your balls? <laughs> it, it does, just. But you can still run. Yeah. Um, and then you, you're supposed to play soccer, but it just descends into full-blown Lord of the Flies. Yeah, it's, it's like... It's like Psycho sumo stuff, isn't yeah. it? Because it's like you're like no one cares about scoring the goals. No, they, they just try they to f- line people up. They fell by the wayside. So it was a combination of reasonably jacked footy guys and uh, qu- like men of the world, uh, very well read older gentlemen. <laughs> and at one point, <laughs> I looked over and just saw uh, <laughs> my wife's. Uh, five foot five Greek lawyer father flying through the air. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, 
he, he'd become one of the Greek gods ascending to the heavens after a large hit by one of the groomsmen, Ben Hunter, <laughs> who is not a delicate flower and got right underneath the ribs. <laughs> anyway, Ben's being sued. <laughs> Never hit a lawyer. Ever. Uh, but the other one is, so we got um, Gonair being Bean Mossman. Uh, and God, I hope the owners don't listen to this podcast. But uh, there should be a disclaimer on the front of the Airbnb website that says, if you Airbnb your house, expect a bucks. I don't see yeah. any other reason that Airbnb would exist yeah. for a three, four bedroom plus house. See, that, that, that's, exactly, that's exactly right. If, after a certain amount of guests, it's only for that reason. Yeah. Who, who is actually travelling... To a house that has seven bedrooms for work. Yeah, exactly right. I don't know who these... Or, or if your family are that large. I don't, I don't know what sort of blissful ignorance some people live in if they own a house that has a 16-person capacity thinking that the equivalent of the Partridge family <laughs> rents out a fucking Airbnb every other weekend as opposed to 12 drunken dudes. <laughs> The worst was when and we, the odd stripper. <laughs> we, we walked in, and I'm like, "Oh dear, this is a working family home. <laughs> There's family portraits up. Everything's as it's left." But the worst is walk into one of the bedrooms. It's an actual kids' room. There's Lego on the on the no. side cabinet. There's like stars on the ceiling. There's a Hulk poster <laughs> up on the back of. <laughs> There's suddenly cocaine on the rail of the bunk bed. <laughs> There's shit smeared on the walls. I'll tell you what, it was the exact sleep in a racing car experience I wanted. <laughs> the Kirk Van Houten. <laughs> anyway, so you have the segments this week. Yep. And we're going to dive straight into it with Trainwreck Trophy. You've gone through the internet. You've made sure that you have given me the do the sting sim- <laughs> symbol. <laughs> shit, do the sting. I was fine. <laughs> Were you? Well, was it? Was it until I did the symbol and then you're like, lasso. "Oh no! Oh no!" <laughs> yeah, I'm fine doing one thing right now. My brain <laughs> is operating on a single, single track, not multi-track. <laughs> we are mono recording up here. <laughs> one rusty piston. <laughs> anyway, so you've uh, you've gone through the internet, found the best examples of when uh, things go horribly wrong. What do you got for us? Well, we're starting strong, mate. A US man who changed his name to Sexy Vegan has been charged <laughs> with bestiality oh, God. after allegedly posting a video of a sexual act with his pit bull on social media. Oh, that is... Most vegans become vegan for ethical reasons, and it's usually to do with care for animals. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what you would think, right? Yeah. The most ironic sort of title to read... On all of the on all of the on all of the sites was no, this not sexy no, no, vegan like not, does no, something weird with pitbull. I'm like, come on, not quite. I, I assume you mean uh, a pitbull dog, not pitbull the seminal rapper, darling, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Worldwide. <laughs> um, but also, when he said I'm vegan because I love animals, everyone's like, that's great. What he means is I'm vegan and also I have sex with dogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well. 
Yeah, we'll get to this. So, uh, police told local radio station KHTS the out-of-work actor, because what else could he oh be, God. <laughs> was taken into custody after investigation by a deputy sparked by the social media post. I love that. Out-of-work actors. This guy's obviously gone, fuck waiting tables. I'm going to get famous on social media. Pass me that dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which, do you know what? So many ways to get famous. Back in the day... You could do a whole bunch of stuff. You would wait tables. You'd become a bellboy at, at a hotel. You would, I mean... <laughs> None of those things were ways to become famous. They're all horrible sidetrap jobs that's while e- you wait. That's exactly what I meant. You, <laughs> I'm on the other rusty piston. <laughs> so... Detectives found a video on social media of the suspect performing an act of bestiality, Santa Clarita Valley Sheriff's station spokesperson Shirley Miller said... The actual act wasn't mentioned. I know you were going to oh. ask me that, but I feel like it's one of those things where assume the worst. Y- you know, yeah, like you know wh- when they don't mention it, yeah, that's it's bad. bad. So oh. it's like, <laughs> like I'm, I'm, this is a step up from Red Rocket. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not Red Rocket. I, I feel like it might have been, yeah. and I think it's a step up from old mate from the NRL. Oh, with the dog, the peanut Joel, butter, and Joel the erect penis, and <laughs> and all the comments being like. So much to unpack here. Why are you erect? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we've gone on about it before. Yeah. <laughs> but so according to his IMDB page, <laughs> vegan was born Hansel Marion DiBartolo III. So legally changed his name to Sexy Vegan after moving to West Hollywood in 2016. Had his name tattooed on his forehead and chest in vegan tattoo ink. Super casual. <laughs> He also has blue hair and tattooed eyebrows. Oh, God. This dude looks like Milhouse from The Simpsons, like who's gone off the right. He looks like Meth House <laughs> Van Houten from The Simpsons in real life. The dude is cooked. Yeah. When, if you want to be an, in, uh, if you're an aspiring actor and you are really looking for work and then you get a forehead tattoo, gee, you've just really cut out some roles. I was having a chat to a lady on the weekend and we are talking about tattoos and she said, what's your stance on tattoos? Always a dangerous one because I'm just like... I can't see she, all of you. She might have tattoos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely. <laughs> all I can see is your arms and your face. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, here is my stance. And I'm like preparing it like it's a statement. <laughs> it's a post-game press conference. <laughs> I'm shuffling my papers and I'm like, okay. Well, I'm taking it one arm at a time and uh, just all credit to the boys. Here's how it went. I was just like, there is a difference. And I don't know whether you're with or against me on this, but there is a difference between employable and unemployable tattoos. Totally with you. So my thing is like, I'm not a fan of unemployable tattoos. If a girl has like a sleeve or like it's going all the way, or a guy, it doesn't matter. But like, this is purely in the... The, the sort of male-female dating scenario, I was just like, if she has a sleeve, if there's shit going on to her hands, if she has that quad tattoo that every chick seems to have <laughs> nowadays, I'm just like, it's a hard no from me. If it's a small thing, if it's coverable, if, you know, if it's something that has a bit of meaning, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with it. See, I, I think a sleeve is still employable. Um, and, and, and I think that where, where my definition of it uh, starts to go, nah, that's, that's totally cooked is when you get something that's above the collar. So uh, I think anything above the collar, face, neck, uh, all of that, hands, I'm also, I'm also anti-hands. Yeah, anti- well, I'm definitely anti-hands as well, but it's like I, 
I'm still in that. I'm stuck in that you, you, that old, your old, old way of thinking. It's like no sleeves. There's also like so a lot of a lot of girls now have like the I don't want to say Bible passage or it's like song lyrics. I don't know Bieber lyrics like tattooed in script on their rib cage. Very popular tattoo. <laughs> uh, and but but the other one that's making the rounds now that I've noticed a lot is one that's just kind of below the the décolletage there. And it's just it'll be the same sort of thing like script or something, but just like right there. And I'm like just below the bra line. Hard no, <laughs> hard no for me. Um, so there was a singer that I used to work with um, that came into a, a corporate gig, was wearing a cocktail dress, and says, "Hey guys, I got a new tattoo." And we're like, "Oh great, where is it?" Dress comes up. She's so it's she's just there, standing in the middle of sound check on a dance floor, just in uh, bra and underwear. And the the tattoo starts at the upper thigh, goes all the way up her side, and then cups her breasts. It is a tree made entirely of music notes oh as the branches. God. However, in true singer form, all of the stems are on the wrong side. She has hundreds of music notes <sighs> with the stems going the wrong way, tattooed on her body. So... There, I think you might have just described one of the worst tattoos I've <laughs> ever heard. I can feel the gastric juices in the back of my throat <laughs> priming me to vomit. <laughs> Everything is screaming unemployable at you. Unemployable. <laughs> it's, and, and for me, undateable. I'm sorry. I'm saying it. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying it. Sorry, ladies. Do not approach me with your weird, wrongly stemmed music note tattoos. I can't believe that you're taking even more women out of your already scant <laughs> dating pool. <laughs> it's a very small window. It is an empty well. Uh, judgmental AF. <laughs> All right. So, Sexy Vegan is known for wearing nothing but Speedos. So, I'm reading this and I'm like, well, it could just be European. But then he also walks the streets of Hollywood dancing and carrying a mirror. Oh, cool. Cool. Super cool. <laughs> get him a roll. Get yeah, him on screen. Get him on screen. He's obviously the star of his own movie. <laughs> he also gained notoriety for two appearances on the Dr. Phil show. In 2017, after being throwing, uh, thrown off the actual show, he launched a foul mouth tirade at his mother. After the whole out-of-work actor thing... I sort of wonder whether the quote mother was actually the mother. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's just like, this is just a, he goes, if, if this doesn't happen, pass me that dog. <laughs> Are we a hundred percent? This isn't Sasha Baron Cohen because <laughs> it screams Bruno. It's so it's dude kind of seems like Bruno, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so he, <laughs> and this, this is the last line in the article, which just blew me away. He's also claimed to have thrown his hat in the ring for the 2020 US presidential election. Get him in, him v. Kanye. (laughs) That's that's the only Republican lead-up that I want to see. Yeah, and I can't wait for that slogan. Sexy change we can believe in. Pass me that dog. (laughs) (laughs) So that's train wreck number one. So train wreck number two. So a guy by the name of Steve Whitehurst, 47 years old, is shocked when workers exclaimed he was stealing from Scott's menswear in Stoke-on-Trent in the UK. Mm. So... He bought 390 pounds worth of, worth of stuff, uh, so shirts and a bag, and they accused him of stuffing another shirt in his jeans. And so the staff, appro- in his words, the staff approach him and say, where have you put this shirt? We think you've stolen this shirt. And she said, well, it's obviously in your trousers. She points to his shorts and says, what's that bulge in your pants? He goes, surely you're joking. That's my dick. 
And she's like, bullshit, it's your dick. And then he's like, fine. Goes into the security, uh, goes into the fitting room with security, drops down, 10 inch dick. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Is he suing? So, well, so the father of one, he, he admits to eventually becoming aggressive and threatening security guards so he could leave the store. He says, quote, I had stood there for, for 30 minutes and my head started going funny. Then more security guards started turning up. I thought this is balmy because I proved my innocence. I just said that if, if that's the case, phone the police, check the CCTV footage, and they refused. I was a bit shocked. I'm not a shoplifter. I had four grand worth of gold on and about four <laughs> grand in my pocket. Nothing screams legitimate businessman <laughs> also than four grand worth of gold. <laughs> on you and four thousand quid in your pocket. No, he means he means he's put a value on his dick. He got four grand in the pocket. <laughs> also, I assume that when he when security rocked up, he started attacking them with his dick and is now being done for uh, assault with a deadly weapon. <laughs> Ten inches. Yeah, that's a bat. Yeah, <laughs> so it's a, that's fucked. It's a baton. Yeah. So he'd be he'd be hammer at every football club. Absolutely. So he says, quote, I just bought 390 quid worth of stuff and I'm a big guy, 16, 17 stone and dress smart. It just doesn't make sense. And so he was visiting the store at the time with his girlfriend, Mandy Shenton, 46, and her 18-month-old grandson. What? Okay. Yeah, math checks out. Fair enough. Mandy tells the son, it was so humiliating. What they did to Steve was disgusting. But <laughs> Which is in complete contravention to <laughs> the elaborate photo shoot that accompanied this article where she's like... It's like typical British tabloid shit. She's like holding a ruler, looking super stern, <laughs> like next to his, like it's just lying on his jean leg, <laughs> like a measuring tape, a foot long sub. Yeah, yeah. Like just ridiculously gaudy type stuff. She's dressed in a velour tracksuit. It's the opening credits of Austin Powers. He's fully inked up with unemployable tattoos. <laughs> not even kidding. <laughs> oh, so good. But I love that this is all played out. Fair enough, we've all just taken one dude's side of the story because a spokesman for the store that it happened in said, the customer in question was exhibiting suspicious behaviour and when the store manager confronted the customer, he became abusive. At no point did any colleague ask the customer to remove any clothing. Why would we do that? <laughs> Which I'm, I'm, I'm with him. <laughs> so you kind of like, so now you look back like it's the end of a Saw movie yeah. and watch it unravel. Let's, and let's reframe just, it. <laughs> you reframe it and the guy's just gone, they're like, you've stolen. And there's like, what's that bulge in your pants? And he's just gone, it's my dick. And they're just like, well, we don't need to see any of that. We actually just think that you've stolen something because we have cameras. We have cameras. <laughs> there's an electronic tag missing. And he goes, you know what? Yeah, I'll show you my dick. <laughs> no, no. So uh, we, we don't need to see your dick. It's no, out. Here it is. Oh. <laughs> well, Congratulations there we are. <laughs> on that, sir. Pan also, we did not need to see that. <laughs> Pan to 18 months old, who is aghast. <laughs> <laughs> so that's train wreck number two. So train wreck number three, cryptocurrency. Ooh. So Something we all know we about it. Of. Yeah. So obviously creepy Carl's favorite currency. <laughs> <laughs> only available, only available in tombs. That is how I understand <laughs> cryptocurrency. Yeah, the phone that he put inside the grave was a direct line to his broker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but cryptocurrency, basically virtual money for those who have been living under a rock. It's like an online version of cash. Like, uh, and, and so, you know, Bitcoin is probably the most 
famous one out there. I think you're also talking right now to the six baby boomers who've accidentally stumbled across our podcast. <laughs> also explain to them how to get on the line <laughs> and what the cloud is. <laughs> Let's get the Holy Trinity done. Welcome to shit thing. So, <laughs> so there's, a, there's, a, there's a cryptocurrency out there called gay coin. Cool. So this how's got, it going? Well, this guy in Russia is currently wow is that is fresh from yeah, Russia is is currently suing Apple because according to a complaint that he put in the Gaycoin cryptocurrency arrived into his virtual wallet with a note saying don't judge it until you try it quote I thought in truth how can I judge something without trying I decided to, to try same-sex relationships. <laughs> now I have a boyfriend and I do not know how to explain this to my parents. <laughs> he adds that his life has been changed for the worse and he will never become normal again. What, what the fuck is wrong with he's, Russia? He's, he's, he's suing Apple for one million rubles. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, can, you can see how this happens. So he's there, a young bear, and in <laughs> comes to his wallet... <laughs> Bear has Ga- never been more apt, more in apt. A story about gays <laughs> in, in and his, Russia. Into his wallet comes gay corn, and he goes, "Oh, I go home, tell pair about new lifestyle." And they then all of a sudden he's like, "No, I am bear in multiple ways." <laughs> <laughs> so he's saying that Apple pushed him towards homosexuality through manipulation. So he is going to lose. There, <laughs> in the international court of opinion. That guy's fucked. If I was an advertiser, oh, still, wow. I would be looking to Russia and licking my lips because these guys will obviously fall for anything. They must have the fittest people in the fucking world if Nike sold there. <laughs> Just do it. Okay. okay. Then Eagle runs up a fucking mountain and fights a bear. <laughs> if oh. ever, like, if ever, uh, that's, okay. So if everyone in Russia were this easily convinced of, of marketing slogans, surely we'd send all the clipboard people there. <laughs> Russia would save the fucking whales in half an hour. <laughs> hey, you, save the whales. <laughs> okay, can't argue with that. <laughs> World hunger, gone. <laughs> Climate change protocols, enacted. <laughs> the Ukraine, w- no, it would still be Russia. It would still be fucked. <laughs> it would still be super fucked. Yeah, that, I, I just wonder if this could have been avoided way back by just letting them have a little bit of fact. Just a little news, just a little actual history. But this is what happens if you homeschool a whole country. (laughs) (laughs) They end up a bit munt. (laughs) Their values, a bit fucked. Most of them, actual bears. (laughs) If not bear, then full mong. (laughs) So, he says, quote, the changes have caused me moral and mental harm. Saying he suffered moral harm, he's asked for one million rubles, like I said before. But I, I get the, the causing me moral and mental harm. Homosexuality only got decriminalized in Russia in 1993, but people are still getting like fucking murdered and stuff. You c- they've got all these oppressive LGBT laws, anti-LGBT laws, I should say. Um, like, I get it. Like being gay in Russia is like being a sexy vegan's dog from the first story. Yeah, You're going to have a bad time. It, it's, it's a... It, fuck. I, I just love that... This guy has has the has the gall to be like you turn be gay, but advertising could be so so powerful. the the way that the way that I saw this was like imagine the reverse like it's a success story rather than a lawsuit. It's like a pharmaceutical ad with like children running in a field, and it's like <laughs> you know I never felt like I fit in. I was underwhelmed by life and the people around me. But then I tried gay coin, 
Now I'm fucking dudes. I'm shredded. <laughs> I dress well. I made a bunch of money. And I have a flair for interior design. <laughs> Thanks, Gay Coin. <laughs> yeah. I can absolutely see how this is uh, this is gonna play out from Pfizer just yeah. re- just reaching out. <laughs> but but also uh Putin will not stop posing uh without a shirt on a horse, <laughs> which is well, I'm like I'm like, mate, <laughs> if you you cannot have these two images going we are anti-homosexuality, but also here's my all-male choir oiled singing up. a cappella, and here's me oiled up, oiled horse. up on a horse. Like, you I wonder if he, I wonder if he's like an ironic gay icon. Like I hope he, so. <laughs> me too. I, re- I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So those are the train wrecks for this week. So train wreck number one, we've got sexy vegan, the man, the artist, formerly no, currently known as sexy, sexy vegan. vegan who has, uh, has been arrested for bestiality with his dog. We've got uh, number two, where a guy was caught shoplifting and showed everyone in the store his 10-inch dong. <laughs> and then we've got <laughs> train wreck number three, where a Russian bear is suing Apple for turning him gay. Oh, it's tough. Uh, I think just because of the, the pure mental image uh, that I get from it, I think it absolutely has to be a Russian bear that is suing <laughs> Apple <laughs> for turning him gay. <laughs> that is the farciest farce <laughs> that has ever farced. <laughs> Cue the sting. You suck! All righty. So that then leads us on to the people segment, their favourite segment, as voted by... Mm, anyway, so once... <laughs> you, you've always said that as well. You've always said the people segment... No one has ever said, like on the on the show. Well, I've, I've maybe one or two comments many over people time. Have many, well, many. Well, we, we have it. The data is flawed, but <laughs> anecdotally, it's the people segment. <laughs> you can see it's like TV ratings. You can see it just spikes at one star, <laughs> and people just leave right after. <laughs> so it is one star reservoir. Rick has gone through and perused history's worst things to find something that has been, or three things that have been reviewed as dead set terrible. What have you got? I've got the sting. You! I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. One star reservoir. Wow! Flashes of here is it from (laughs) one of the previous episodes when you introduced that segment. I've got to stop eyeballing you and actually read the show run. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh. So, mate, uh, I love how you said I've got three things. I've got four things. Oh, so good. I've got two longer ones and I've got two very, very short ones. But I'm taking you to the world of theme parks where we I don't think we've ever been before. <laughs> I've been to a theme park. No, but I mean in terms of <laughs> what one I'm star, fucking 33. One star I've reviews. Bloody well been to a theme park. <laughs> one star reviews from theme parks. I love how you said you're 33 and you've been to a th- and you've been to a theme park because <laughs> this woman would be so irate with you because you have no children. Here we go. <laughs> Here's the first review. It pisses me off to no end when I see childless couples <laughs> at Disney World. Hold ten, on. What? 10 angry emojis. <laughs> Disney World is a Family amusement park, yet these immature millennials throw away their money on useless crap. (laughs) They have no idea the joy and happiness it is to mothers who buy their babies treats and toys. 
they will never experience the exhaustion that it is to chase a three-year-old around and get stares and assuming I'm a bad mother. Oh, wow, this took a left-hand turn. This bitch in some very slutty shorts was buying a <laughs> Mickey pretzel and Aiden wanted one, but the line was very long, so I said later, and it broke his poor little heart and he cried, and I wanted to take that fucking pretzel from that tramp. Like, thanks, bitch, you made my son cry. Seven angry emojis. Hold on, uh, they doesn't sound like they ran out of pretzels. <laughs> it sounds like she didn't buy one. Disney World is for children, five exclamation points. People without children need to be banned. Four, four exclamation points. Mothers with children should be allowed to skip all the lines. You have no fucking idea what it's like to have to stand in line for three hours with a cranky, tired, exhausted toddler. And I can't just tell him that we can't do something because it's his vacation too. I fucking hate childless women with a burning passion. Fifteen angry emojis. <laughs> hold, hold on. Let me just get this straight. So... This chick, who really, really <laughs> needs to have a, sit a couple of plays out, yeah. <laughs> she wants Disneyland to be just mothers who can all skip the queue. Fuck, let's draw a diagram. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the supply and demand scales here <laughs> might have a she, drama. She's obviously just seen red. Oh, wow. <laughs> and has not thought about the logistics of such a thing. <laughs> but I love th that line that says, yet these immature millennials throw away their money on useless crap. If they're at Disney World throwing away their money on useless crap, what are you, you doing? doing? <laughs> and also, buy your fucking kid a pretzel, mate. <laughs> what is the problem here? Uh, shout out to listeners. I haven't been to Disneyland. You've been? I have been to Disneyland. Okay. Yeah. How much is a pretzel? Like you stand Depending on where you, you're at, probably your pro standard airport prices, like ten oh, bucks. Yeah, it'd probably be yeah, airport prices would probably be it. Yeah. I mean not ten bucks, but yeah, it's up there. Right. So if if it's the most important thing in the world to your kid to have a pretzel, get him a pretzel and then skip something else. Yeah. That's that's fine. If you're on if you're on a budget, then just get the if that's it, get the pretzel. And then avoid the gift shop. It won't know. Avoid the oh. show back. I don't know. I, mate, I, I, mate, I, I is, don't have a kid. This is, this is one complaint out of many. So here's a bit of a longer one. Where do I even start with Disneyland? I grew up in California and my family took us here at least once a year. My siblings and I could never sleep the night before. Coming here was always such a joy and my childhood is loaded with fond memories of it. Even as an adult, we came here frequently and one year we even had annual passes. It was great until they raised the price close to $700. What the fuck? Oh, but as stupid. we noticed chinks in the armor of the Disney experience, we pushed them aside because, all of those because of all of those fond memories and good feelings. But Disneyland is such a miserable existence that I never want to go again. I dread it. Those good childhood memories can't trump it. Where to start? One, the employees. Yes, there are still a lot of great Disney employees who are cheerful, helpful, and friendly, but there seems to be a large number of disgruntled, crabby, and sarcastic assholes working in that park. <laughs> like the employee at the train entrance who argued semantics with my brother when he asked what time the train was coming. Do you mean the monorail or the train? Um, the train? Because the monorail is also a train. Fuck off. <laughs> Number two, the fucking, fucking parades. Oh, do you have no interest in the parades? Too bad, because you're going to get trapped and forced to watch it anyway. <laughs> Disney doesn't care. You're going to be marketed to whether you like it or not. Number three, the perfect storm of Fantasmic, the parades and the fireworks. 
Oh, just try to navigate your way around the park during the witching hour. You'll be directed one way by one employee and then directed in the opposite way by another employee and sent in an entirely different way by a third employee. <laughs> number four, the other guests. My father-in-law was in a wheelchair and I couldn't believe the number of rude people who would jump in front of us or not move aside. It's strange how so many people can be into witches, dreams and magic while simultaneously being complete dicks. <laughs> number five, the sheer hassle of it. Nothing is easy in Disneyland. Nothing. Buying tickets? I waited behind five people and it still took 20 minutes to get through the ticket buying line. What takes so long? You're there to do one thing. Buy tickets. Why did it take that family of four 15 minutes to do that yesterday? And then getting into the park. That took another 20 minutes. Why? You just get your ticket scanned and go in. Why does this take so long? Fuck. It's number six. <laughs> The prices. This isn't new territory at all, but when is the tipping point going to come? When are people going to tell Disney to fuck off with their yearly price increases that far outpace the inflation rate? It's $96 just to get in and experience up to 16 hours of bullshit. Factor in a couple of meals or snacks and you're looking at a $200 day. Easy. Number seven. Breaking rides. If I had a nickel for every time I was standing in line when Space Mountain, Roger Rabbit or Alice in Wonderland broke down, I could buy the whole fucking park. Pirates is spotty. Sometimes the sword fight is working. Sometimes it's not. Fix yo shit, Disneyland. Especially since I just dropped $96. I want the damn rides functioning. One time we came to the park the night of the new Pirates of the Caribbean premiere and you would not believe how well the rides were functioning. Everything was gleaming. So basically, if you're Johnny fucking Depp, Disneyland gets its act together. If it's just dumb old you from Anaheim, then this is what you get. Number eight, whiny children. Seriously, why does anyone bring their kids here? They ask for everything and every ride scares them. Awesome. Parents with children in Disneyland are always the most miserable looking people on earth. <laughs> Number nine, <laughs> Disney is just another evil corporation. They never lose lawsuits, even ones they are when they're clearly in the wrong. Disney hides behind nostalgia and feel-good magic to disguise its evil. They've telegraphed in zillions of ways in how little... Uh, They've telegraphed in zillions of ways how little they care about you, the average middle-class consumer. It's a one-sided relationship, my friends. Disney doesn't love you at all. It loves your money and will stop at nothing to get it out of your hands. Based on the other reviews, I'm clearly in the minority on this, and I'm fine with that. Eat a dick, Disneyland. <laughs> and this is why childless millennials should be banned. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but also, what do you expect? Like, I, for one, think that endless parades... And uh, a, a like an over delivery of fireworks sounds like a theme park doing what it's supposed to do. Sure, like it's it's absolutely just one of those things. If you hate queuing, don't fucking go to a theme park. Sure, because it is just queues. Oh yeah, so yeah, I I get it. Unhappy, but also that is as advertised. The rides breaking and shit. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's a bit that's a bit shitty, but. That everything that that bloke just said is pretty much in the brochure. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I just love the dig at the employees though. How's where that? It's just like some of those employees, to be fair, are fucked. They're just college kids. They don't care. Well, or they're or they're out of work actors. Yeah, and they're just and they've had a bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we all know at Disneyland, like the rest of hospitality, you cannot have a bad day. <laughs> yeah, out of work actors that have taken a brief sojourn from getting a forehead tattoo and uh, <laughs> deciding that they're going to change their name to Sexy Vegan. Um, oh God, but I, I have no desire to go to, to Disneyland as it is. 
but that's one on each side. Now. Look, I, I, I tell you what, as a childless millennial built like a truck, I could tell you that Disneyland is my playground because everyone will get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> I, I've, I've been to a few Disneyland parks around the world. I'm made for this. This is this is your adult playground. And we uh, and the other thing that I that I love about that particular review is the ticket buying thing because so many things in this world are like that where it's like you've got a line. There's literally one thing to do, which is buy tickets. And for some reason, it just takes an age for people to get this simple thing done. How have we, as a society, advanced in so many ways, but haven't figured out how we can move cues better? <laughs> uh, it, it's it's just it's just that thing. How like, do we have the internet on our phones and we haven't figured out lines completely? Like it's it's just it's just that vibe of the age old from the top to the bottom issue is cues. Yeah. When you queue for something, it's the the global leveler. And that's yeah. why when people skip a queue, that is when world wars happen. Yeah. It's a, world War Three will be started because someone skips a queue. You oh, heard yeah. it here first, <laughs> 100%. <laughs> so here's a, two, uh, here's a couple uh, that are just very, very short, but I thought they were so funny. Go. Okay. Wow, you money-grubbing hunger bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Strong start. I'm impressed with your greed. You were able to tell you were able to take magic to hell in less than a second. Shame on you and a pox on your family. <laughs> <laughs> Getting Shakespearean with it. Yeah. Love that. It's iambic. And this one. Okay. <laughs> Someone threw a small plastic pumpkin off of a ride, probably going <laughs> 40 miles per hour, and it hit me directly in the throat while I was standing in line. <laughs> <laughs> Just the imagery there. I could not stop laughing for like a good three, four minutes. Oh, oh and if there's one thing that makes the already life-ending task of queuing worse, it's being throat fucked by a pumpkin. <laughs> throat trauma just gets me. <laughs> anyway, that is one star oh, reservoir for this week. So which good. means that we move on to the meteor section. Which you, Gus, my friend, who is not me, will have. So you've gone on a deep dive through history to try to find the case of a person or an event or something to that effect, which has just turned out to be an absolute clusterfuck. What have you got for us this week, mate? All right, mate. So I'm introducing you to Michael Malloy. Mick Malloy? <laughs> Who, like the, who, the Australian who is announcer. not the chubby Australian comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was born in 1873 in Donegal County, Ireland. Yep. But for the sake of the story, we will refer to him by his footy nickname, Irish. <laughs> There's nothing written about his family, so I am going to go ahead and assume that they are all, <laughs> all dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> so his family's dead, and he decides in 1920 that he, he's going to move to America to pursue, I assume, anything. Because <laughs> Ireland in the late 1800s sounds just fucked. There are zero potatoes. <laughs> it was a bad... <laughs> no, it was, I'm, I'm not even kidding about that. That's not a joke. It was a bad time. <laughs> oh, yuck. Anyway, so... But it's a mental decision uh, for an Irishman because you're effectively uh, leaving a place that doesn't have many potatoes but does have a lot of booze to a place that just started Prohibition. <laughs> so he rocks up in 1920. 
prohibition has started probably a day before he got there. 1919, because remember I did the I did a piece on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. First first death. Oh actually no, it was uh, the January first, nineteen twenty actually is when it was enacted into law, I believe. Bang. So even if he arrived the first day of nineteen twenty, it is absolute snake eyes for a- drinking. How good how good would you feel hungover on New Year's <laughs> Day? <laughs> I'm never drinking again. You, you can, are you, you are fucking bet that <laughs> bet that's right. Shit, that New Year's Eve in nineteen nineteen. <laughs> The last day of drinking ever. People would have got <laughs> for like rat fuck. Yeah. For, it was the last day of drinking for like 13 years. Yeah. It was enormous. Uh, so, fortunately, because as we all know, uh, he like it meant fuck all that prohibition had happened. Speakeasies existed. Yeah. Um, so, things didn't go great for Irish. Because his love of a drink meant that he struggled to find work. And <laughs> his struggle to find We've work... All meant that he turned to the drink. <laughs> so it's a it's a real cyclical issue. Yeah. And and also you'd say no job, no money. No, nah, these speakeasies, because they're operating outside the law, you just get extended credit because they're run by gangsters and yeah. you'd have two months to pay it, etc. So yeah. he'd drink up a tab, then go and get a job, uh, get pay off his tab, come back and drink. So yeah. the guy was an absolute slave to it. Yeah. Um he needed a lucky break. So enter 1929, a.k.a. The Great Depression. Depression. (laughs) Things were not great. So by 1932, he's 59. He is homeless, constantly in and out of jobs, but he is spending every dollar that he has at this speakeasy in the Bronx. The thing that's most impressive about this, right, is that he's gone through all of Prohibition and is a chronic drinker by the sounds of things. Yeah. And based on what I told you on that previous story, most of it was poison. Well, strap your dicks. Because <laughs> this guy, he's, he's 50, 59 by, the, uh, by this point, he looks about 200. He looks like a <laughs> creek bed. He essentially is in Oh, in organ terms. Yeah. <laughs> in terms. In, in, in all terms. So... This, uh, this speakeasy is called Mermaids and it's run by a guy called Tony Marino. So since his speakeasy was both illegal and frequented by full-blown derelicts, he'd extend credit, which makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but uh, this afternoon, July 1932, Marino's drinking with a couple of mates. Uh, Francis Pasca and Daniel Kreisberg got an idea to make some quick cash, take out a life insurance policy on Irish and wait for him to die <laughs> by drinking himself to death by giving him free drinks. Not the worst idea. It's pretty solid. When when you think about this guy would just come in in the morning, he's 59, so he's long in the tooth, and he would drink every day till he passed out. And that's uh, that's a legitimate business plan in 1932. Oh, that's that's Google in yeah. 1932. Forget Strong. In- forget incubators and seed funding. <laughs> <laughs> that life insurance the on fir- the local drunk. <laughs> the first venture capitalist, Tony yeah. Marino. <laughs> so, and also because Irish's background was unknown and he didn't have any family in the States, they were like, great, we can just create an identity for this bloke. Sure. So they form what was known as a murder trust, which was between <laughs> <laughs> Marino, Kreisberg, Pasca, bartender Red Murphy, and petty criminals John McNally, Edward Tinius Smith... Tough Tony Bastone <laughs> and Joe Maglioni. <laughs> it all made sense. And Stevie <laughs> 10 inch <laughs> McDonald. And uh, 
because between 1928 and 1932, New York was averaging a smidge under 800 alcohol-related deaths, as yep. we spoke about yeah. in the first step. From alcohol poisoning, because, yes, it was prohibition, the, yep. the government was fucked. Um, Murphy's job was to identify uh, the Irish, once he was dead, as his next of kin, Nicholas Mellory, which is a, f- a fictional bloke that they'd made up. Yeah. And uh, if the plan's successful, each member of the trust would receive a share of $3,576, which I was about 65K. Oh. It's really funny, though, why, if you're a gangster crime lord, why would you go into a weird Deadpool? Oh, like, wouldn't you just take all the money for yourself? Yeah. Especially if you came up with the idea. Completely. I, I, I think it's kind of, it's a Mexican standoff. I think it's just that thing of don't be the first person to shoot because there's seven people involved. Right. Um, but, so they take out three policies uh, and uh, the bartender poses as uh, Irish's brother, Joseph Mellory, signs all of these things. They wait till Irish is belted and then get him to sign them. And so Metropolitan Life sold them one for 800 and Prudential sold two worth four ninety four each. Right. Basically, the whole thing is worth seventeen eighty eight, not three thousand five hundred seventy six, um, which is about thirty five k US. But yep. everything's doubled if it's accidental death, which alcohol poisoning counted as because it would be him drinking himself to death. The funny thing is, like, how easy it was. An, it was a fucking. Simpler time was a better time. Oh, yeah. Imagine just walking up and be like, I want to get a life insurance policy on this guy. And they're like, which guy? And there's a dude slumped in the corner like... It's like, right, oh, what's, uh, just what? sign on the dotted line. Are you Wh- kidding? What's your relation to him? He's my brother. Okay. That checks out. Yeah. Why, do, why do you have different names? Shut up. <laughs> okay. Tough life. <laughs> Works for me. Many parents. Um, so, yeah. So, basically... The next day, Irish comes into the pub and is presented with, by Marino, with free drinks forever, which is fucking insanity. So he's like, this is the best. (laughs) (laughs) This is Irish Lotto, as my mother (laughs) described it to me. (laughs) So he's in a pretty bad state to begin with because he's a 59-year-old, full-blown, derelict drunk. Yeah. And so Marino hopes that by just filling his glass up over and over again, it'll be a couple of days. Yeah. Matter of time. Uh, <laughs> and especially due to Irish thinking that he just won community chest and has free drinks forever, <laughs> he's none the wiser. <laughs> so after three days of drinking until he blacks out, not dead. So the guys go, okay, cool. Well, pretty keen for this cash, hey. So they turn to antifreeze. They just start. Oh my uh, god! <laughs> to start filling up his glass uh, with half whiskey, half antifreeze, and Iris says, "I give you five. <laughs> Loves the shit. He's <laughs> all about it. So after weeks, of what do you call this one? An <laughs> Irish car bomb. <laughs> <laughs> so after weeks of his delicious antifreeze cocktails, uh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Marino goes, is this the man who couldn't die? (laughs) Oh, my God. And so Marino's like, all right, time to up the stakes and switches to horse tranquilizers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he's on ketamine. So so Iris still doesn't die, but professes a newfound love for rimming and says lit fam heaps. (laughs) (laughs) And they keep him on ket for dead set months. (laughs) 
They're positive that it'll kill him, but all it does is just give him a numbing low. <laughs> People pay good and it money just, for that. And insatiable hunger for butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so months go by, and then they're like, oh, fucking hell. Go and, <laughs> go and find rat poison. So by, <laughs> by, the, by, this point, by this point, I assume what they're doing is coming in each morning, feeding him ket, and then going through the bar being like, oh, fuck, there's got to be something stronger than this in here. <laughs> so start adding. Is Prohibition still happening? Yeah. Yeah, this is like <laughs> oh my God. end of 32 by this point. They've been doing it for six months. Oh. Um, they find some rat poison, give that a whirl, and Irish is like, that is delish. <laughs> More, please. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Make it a double. <laughs> I don't know where you rat pixies came from, <laughs> but I sure do love your pixie juice. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so they're back of house, just <laughs> rats without tails running around everywhere. <laughs> so then they go, all right, this is starting to get quite annoying. And they just go straight to wood alcohol, or as you and I would know oh. it now, meth. Yeah. Methanol. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not meth. Not, not meth. But but you could say that Irish becomes the first meth addict because he is addicted to the shit. Oh my Wood god. Wood alcohol, bang, just straight up. So they would they would literally wait until he was pissed, then start topping up his glass with pure wood alcohol. Oh. Doesn't work. He's still alive. <laughs> this bloke Jesus. is rocking up every morning for his free piss. Enter the fray. Denatured alcohol, yep. which for as we've discussed, any long-term listener of the podcast would know that in prohibition, alcohol was created by the government that was impossible to drink and highly toxic to try and stop people from drinking during prohibition. Yeah. Which means that at some point in history there has been an American government that gives even less fucks than the current one, <laughs> which is <laughs> insane. So this stuff that's been created by government chemists yep. to kill people who try and drink, yep. bang, he's on it for two months. <laughs> Pure denatured alcohol. These gangsters are, by this point, going, the fuck is this? <laughs> it is now 1933. Imagine, imagine how much money they actually would have made if he was paying for drinks, <laughs> like via, <laughs> via that tab system. So, oh yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> they that. probably would have made it already. <laughs> they made the amount completely. He would not have been good for it because he would have checked his bill and been like, "Denatured alcohol." <laughs> I didn't have five thousand of those. <laughs> Forty five hundred tops. Uh, What's in a rat poison cocktail? <laughs> what a strange name. Is it like a Manhattan? <laughs> so. It is now the winter of 1933. Oh this has been God. going for 12 months. <laughs> 12 months of pure poison. So that by now, like, Prohibition's now over, right? No. Prohibition oh. doesn't end in New York until oh. uh, spring of 33, I think. Ah, uh, right, okay. Um, <coughs> uh, but this, sto- this story keeps going through Prohibition ending. Oh, my God. So this speakeasy becomes a legitimate bar <laughs> in about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's mental. <laughs> like, this guy has drunk through prohibition. <laughs> oh, my God. He broke it. Okay, so <laughs> it's been a year. 
And these guys are like, fuck it, drinks aren't working, time to turn to food. So, <laughs> one of the blokes finds this ancient-looking tin of sardines, <laughs> which I assume had been there is for it, about is, 20 years. Is this my parents' pantry? <laughs> I was about to say, this, this is every <laughs> boomer's pantry. And they prepare a sandwich for Irish. They don't believe that the rotten fish itself uh, alone will kill him. Arsenic. So they add broken glass, <laughs> carpet tacks, and then in a just old school Italian go fuck yourself, they shred and grind the tin up and put it in the sandwich. Oh my God. So this is shrapnel, tacks, glass, and 4,000 year old fish. <laughs> Irish eats it and says, got any more? <laughs> Loving what? the new menu, guys. What? <laughs> Texturally, how would that feel? That must be like, mm. because like, if you've ever if you've ever had uh, food at the beach when it's been windy and you've copped <laughs> sand, granular, yeah, granular, you'd be like, oh, I hate that, <laughs> and you feel like the crunch in your teeth. Why would, would he be like, oh, I love that, it, as he's <laughs> bleeding profusely from the mouth? It would be that with essence of ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so exactly like eating at the beach. It's literally the beach sandwich. <laughs> it is garbage, <laughs> salt, <laughs> salty and sandy. Yeah, <laughs> glass corona that had <laughs> been cr- crunched up. Um, so then they go, all right, uh, fuck, what else we got back here? They're just going through the garage at this point. <laughs> And then, and then, uh, the bartender finds what is a mind fuck as to why this would possibly ever exist. He finds a jar of oysters marinating in denatured alcohol. What he finds that they don't create that. <laughs> Someone has made that. It's like when you move into a new later. house and someone's left their old shit there. <laughs> why would you marinate oysters? In the toxic government-endorsed super myth. Love that. So you've walked into a new house you just bought off someone. There's a bookcase, an old tricycle, and of course, a giant jar <laughs> of, of oysters, oysters <laughs> in toxic <laughs> chemist-produced wood alcohol. <laughs> so they look at it and go, okay, uh, the, <laughs> the bartender had been a chemist. Early in the pro- in, in prohibition, of course, he knew that the combination of oysters and hard spirits is usually fatal. Did you know this? I, I did not. Fuck, it's true. I looked it up. So, so what? Oysters and denatured alcohol. Yeah, right. It's a, it's some it's a chemical reaction, uh, and so they which le- dr- which fu- which by the way just brings up even more questions as a- to why about it oysters. Oh, right. But it's just like someone obviously. Was just like, I'm gonna kill someone with this. Yeah, for sure. Imagine finding that and it's it's labeled bartender, and you're like, hold on, what the fuck? <laughs> Good oysters, Red Murphy. <laughs> what? This is. Hold on, we're having chats about this after we kill Irish. <laughs> um, so they let him loose on the jar. They give him some of, some of his his favorite ket antifreeze <laughs> wood alcohol, rat poison. <laughs> Washes it down. He eats the whole jar and what? has no ill consequences. Cool. Prohibition's over. <laughs> this is a legitimate bar. <laughs> okay. Are they all just like watching him like like expectantly? <laughs> like they're just watching him like eat this glass sandwich 
and toxic oysters, and they're all just like everything stopped around him, and they're like, and then he like looks over, and they're like, oh, <laughs> they like go <laughs> and then go back to just doing stuff again. But also, this is a a time when communication moved quite slow. These guys must have gone about other business during this time. But imagine coming in at the end of each day just to check on your investment. <laughs> Fuck, still alive, still there. <laughs> it's insane. What did you do today? We gave him toxic oysters. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they were cr- meant for red crossing <laughs> shit off on the, on the chalkboard yeah yeah so they're getting desperate and it's coming up <laughs> on, on their insurance premiums starting to outweigh the, pos- yeah. the possible payoff so this is this is expensive at this point it's winter they decide to enlist the elements <laughs> time to take an inebriated irish to snow covered crotona park which is about a mile away from the bar they dump him on a park bench rip off all of his clothes and drench him with five gallons of water. He freezes. They go home, job well done, when can we claim? <laughs> there would now been eight attempts on Irish's life. <laughs> this dude is drunken Irish Rasputin. Correct. Does the eighth attempt kill him, Rig? <laughs> you, <laughs> you are joking if it doesn't. Guess who rocks up the next morning <laughs> saying, I've got a bit of a cold. <laughs> First chick in the armour. <laughs> he has a weakness. <laughs> so they go, fuck it. Let's just, okay, so step it up. He's not going to die from alcohol or ingest anything. Cannot be killed, killed, by, be killed conventional by conventional means. weapons. So they get a cab driver, pay him, pay him 200 bucks and say, run this guy down. So once... <laughs> <laughs> once they get once they get Irish pissed, push him out into the street. The cab driver barrels towards him, and then somehow Irish comes to his senses, sees the car, jumps out of the way. The taxi turns around, misses him again. The third time, Irish is literally sitting on the ground, and the cab runs over him, <laughs> backs over his body. Oh, just make sure make sure that he's dead. Uh, He's he's lying on the on the street. He has a uh, he has a fractured skull. He has broken leg, broken arm, uh, and so they go great, dead. They're checking the newspapers for a story about a hit, uh, and, run. A hit and run. Yeah, and then a week later, Murphy, posing as uh, Nicholas Mellory's brother, starts calling morgues and hospitals to find out if his brother has been admitted. There's no sign of him. <laughs> Nor had newspapers made any mention. And guess what? A few days later, <laughs> in limps fucking Irish. <laughs> he wants to see his mates and get his free piss. <laughs> he has, has a his broken mates. Yeah, his yeah. mates. Sick mates. <laughs> With mates you like guys these. have always been there for me. Yep, so he's in really good spirits. <laughs> and that is not the booze I'm talking about because that shit is toxic. Uh, so... It's now February 1934. <laughs> 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 we're, com- we're coming up on... <laughs> it's more than 18 months. <laughs> the next insurance premium is due. And these guys are like, this is about to become a nil-sum game. Yeah. Got to get this guy did. <laughs> they hire... they like, should we get a hitman? No, too expensive. Should we get an amateur hitman? Sure. <laughs> so... <laughs> The apprentice hairdresser <laughs> giving you a haircut. It's the same thing. Exactly. 
So after a, after a big night on the mess, they push him out and uh, a car pulls up alongside him. A guy leans out the window with a machine gun and guns Irish down. Right. Only they miss him with all of the bullets. <laughs> <laughs> guy lives. <laughs> then the same hitman, embarrassed, comes back the next week and just beats the crap out of him with a club. He has a lot of bruises, but rocks up the next day ready to drink more antifreeze. <laughs> Had a really tough night. Just need a stiff drink or 50. So these guys are now desperate. Just taps the table. More rat poison. What, what are you, deaf? <laughs> Rid me. Um, so they now go, can't kill this bloke. So they just go and find another different out-of-work Irishman <laughs> and go, fuck it, we'll kill this bloke. <laughs> Get the same cab driver. Guess what? The other Irishman survives. <laughs> New York Irishman made of sterner stuff. <laughs> they all sit down and go, cool. It's February 1934. This is super fucked. <laughs> we have two days before this insurance premium's due. They book a room half a mile down the road from the bar. He's treat Irish is treated as a, as always, a VIP at the bar. Dr- drinks himself stupid. Uh, they then bring him down the road. Say we've got a hotel room for you. He's like, this is literally you guys, are my best friends. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking care of me. It's especially like after all of the crazy things that have happened this year. You guys have always been there. Thanks for the hotel. The only concert in my life. I appreciate you so much. My friends. I have no family. You are my family. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> they take him into the room, throw him on the bed. They unhook the tube from a gas light in the room. They put one end in his mouth oh. and they switch it on. Pure carbon monoxide floods his lungs and in 20 minutes, Irish is dead. After... None less than twelve. <laughs> oh my attempts. god! And and I feel like that's that. Some of these are months in duration. Yeah. So they've tried to kill him for twenty months. Yeah, which is mental. Yeah. So between all the free booze, the free food, the payoffs, the planning, they had spent two thousand dollars <laughs> trying to kill him. To cash in on maximum $3,500 insurance. So if it's not ruled as accidental death, they actually lose money on <laughs> this deal by this point. Split five ways. Then. So is it they considered p- accidental? Well, they get a doctor to come to the room. Dr. Frank Manzella. And for a $100 fee, he signs a death certificate for Nicholas Mallory citing lobar pneumonia as the chance of death, as the cause of death. He also fa- falsely claims that uh, Irish had been to his doctor's office in Harlem twice before his death, complaining of gripe, which he listed as a contributing cause, etc. Yeah. Looks legit. Yeah. Says acute bronchitis. The authorities say, no worries. So with the fake uh, from the doctor as proof, Metropolitan Life pay out the 800 bucks. Okay. This is when Frank Pasca, to as a little uh, hat tip to uh, the whole ruse, writes a $400 check to impress the insurance agents for the lavish funeral he was preparing for his dear friend. But in reality, he sticks Malloy in a $10 coffin and buries him in a $12 grave. 
they don't get rid of the body. Oh, they just bury him. He doesn't even bother. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he doesn't does not even bother to think about what might happen here. Oh dear. So while they'd received the eight hundred bucks from Metropolitan, they were really keen to get the the money out of Prudential. Yeah. However, to legitimise the claim, Prudential's insurance agents asked to see the body. Well, Pasca said the body was already buried. Insurance company called the cops. And they said, hey, uh, just want to check if this has been buried. And also, we can't pay out till we see the body. Need permission to, to dig it up. It. Yeah. The cops say, go for your life. <laughs> up comes the body. Unfortunately, when you kill someone of carbon monoxide poisoning, it leaves a very, very noticeable cherry discoloration on their lips. So they see that and go, hmm, that does not look like pneumonia. Autopsy. Cool. <laughs> that, that does not look like pneumonia. His lips look full and amazing. <laughs> the rest <laughs> of him... My wife doesn't have <laughs> lips like that. The rest of him is dead set hot Elena. <laughs> <laughs> so, the cops then... Uh, have a look into the uh, into the death of Irish and realise that Marino is the sole beneficiary of the life insurance. Start talking to him and everything comes apart because, as you said, crooks, thick as thieves, they all start turning on each other. Yeah. They, all, uh, they all appear in the Bronx County Courthouse. First, they all try and plead insanity simultaneously. <laughs> Was, it, was that because it was a new thing? Yeah. It was all the rage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm insane. No, the, I'm insane. The talkies. <laughs> um, so that doesn't work. Then they try and implicate each other in the murders. Uh, then finally, they accuse tough Tony Bastone of the entire thing, who'd been shot dead uh, earlier. However, they didn't do the maths. Tough Tony was shot before Irish died. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. The cops go, nap. Into court you go. They are all convicted. End of 1934, sent to Sing Sing. Everybody gets the electric chair. Wow. Yep. All of them get the electric chair. Except for Harry Green, who was uh, the guy who was driving the cab. Yep. Who He, he escapes ex- execution and inst- instead gets uh, a lifetime in prison in Sing Sing, which I assume is worse than death. Yeah. <laughs> And that is the story of Irish, a.k.a. Mike the Durable. <laughs> a.k.a. the man who couldn't <laughs> die. <laughs> oh, my God. That was a Mets, mate. How good. <laughs> that must have been like the original version of World's Dumbest Criminals. You know that show that oh, they used yeah. to have on? Yeah. And, and also just the... It would have seemed like such an easy thing at the time. because it was, a, it was an easy go, but how many mulligans do you need? Well, Marino had done it previously. It comes it comes out during the trial that he killed a homeless oh, so, woman oh, right. and, and claimed for two thousand bucks uh, like a few years earlier, it all came out in all came out in the trial. So he was like, This is a foolproof plan. Imagine doing that, bringing out one of your greatest hits. Yeah, oh in both wow. sense of the word. This is, guys, <laughs> this is Peter Casey free money. Yeah. <laughs> get on get on board. <laughs> Hashtag free money. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Simpler time, it was a better time. Imagine that bloke, because everybody, there's one of these guys in every pub in the world. Yeah. There is is a guy who, when you walk in, you're like, fuck me, you look 
awful and you're yeah. always here. And that is the but that's the thing. You go, fuck, these guys are on borrowed time. No, they are superhumans. I don't understand like, yeah, I, I mean, I would have really liked to see if they did or if they had a, any other results from that autopsy, because I'm just like, holy God, what sort of shape were his liver and kidneys in? Oh, man. It, it like, was he never in pain? Was he just like, no, it's just me again. And then just like, like nothing's hurting this guy? Well, he, it's probably, you know how you pay for the hangover? Like you're on a three-day bender and you're like, yeah. fuck, the f- day four, five, six is going to be terrible. He was never sober. But actually. He never had a hangover. After Well, that's what happens, right? As you and I both know from Korea. Oh. We stopped having hangovers after about two days. <laughs> you just you just keep riding the <laughs> riding the pony. <laughs> where where that sweet sardine sandwich gone? <laughs> Octopus <laughs> snacks for all. <laughs> oh, man, that's immense. Alrighty, so if you want to get in touch with us, Rick has all the details for that. Absolutely. So if you want to get in touch with us, enter in shit show all one word into Facebook. Leave us a message. Write us a post. Do anything your heart desires. Also, if you want to leave us a review, we would very much appreciate it on iTunes if you can, uh, or, or through the podcast app. Just give us a rating. Give us five, and <laughs> we, we give you five. And we give you five. Uh, it, it really just helps a lot of people to discover our show, and we really would appreciate it. Um, also, if you want to get in touch with us via Instagram, you can find us at Gus and Rig, G U S A N D R I G. Send us slide into our DMs. Let us know how you're feeling. Send us through what you feel like sending through. We've got uh, you know you get train wrecks. We get uh, we get one star reviews coming through. Um, it's 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 really great. So. Do that, and if you have something a bit media, send us an email, shitshow.au at gmail.com. Awesome. I think that's all we've got time for. Well, I've got to go and get a face tattoo and turn to veganism. <laughs> well, I've got to take out insurance policy on your life. Oh, fuck. <laughs> See you next Oh, 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 oh,